got a beard and it's looking something fierce Having beers with my peers and talking rap careers Reflecting on the years, connecting on the tears Shipwreck faith ain't always as appears I'm bringing you fresh music, I'm bringing fresh ideas I'm bringing you the dudes in the indie music beers Chilling at the shows and talking about the pain With people who learned how to face it and be sane Sipping on a brew, doing interviews No topics off the table but we focus on breakthroughs So kick up your feet, we're gonna put it in check You're listening to bruise beards and shipwrecks One, two, one, two, a mic check Stone bands, royal ruckus on the scene Just to announce We got the bruise, we got the beards Tasty interviews for your ears to hear One, two, one, two, a mic check Stone bands, royal ruckus on the scene Just to announce We got the bruise, we got the beards Tasty interviews for your ears to hear Welcome to Brews, Beards, and Shipwrecks. This is Chunjay from Royal Ruckus, also known as Jamie Bennett. <clears throat> I'm here with my good friend Steve Robinson. How are you doing, Steve? I'm doing good. Yeah. Nice, nice breakfast this morning. Match big oh, breakfast. Diners so good. Diners. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, what, what do we have? <laughs> <laughs> we had huevos rancheros. Huevos rancheros. There you yeah. go. Thank you. I was I was trying to say salsa verde because of the yeah. the, the green sauce, but yeah. had a little bit of a kick, but it was. Um, yeah, it's a great place. Tangy too. Yeah, great local, great local restaurant here. You know, uh, local people. So, so good. yeah, downtown, downtown staple right now. Yeah, so, so we're hanging out in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, I'm here for a few days, and I've known Steve for a long time. Yeah, um, online. Yeah. Online, yeah. For the most part. I think I started just emailing you. Um, yeah, I think through the years uh, ago. our Life in Christ radio show. I think. Yeah. 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 yeah, and then we actually met in person uh, when you came down, and we went to St. Anthony's Monastery. Yeah, and gave you a quick that, tour down there. That was so, cool. That was a great experience, and I think that was the first time I've, I'd ever been to a monastery. Yeah, um, I've been to a few now. I'm less enchanted by them, but um, <laughs> but no, no, it's yeah. still like a a wonderful, beautiful experience though. Yeah. And monasticism in America is kind of pretty young. And yeah. And, and a lot of a uh, lot of young converts, um, you know, like you say, they're they're kind of enamored with it. It's new. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, hip and it's different. And uh, you know, yeah. so you know, a lot of a lot of ways, uh, you know. And I was the same way when I was a new convert. Right. You know, monasteries right. were like, you know, going to Disneyland. Sure. You know, it was exciting. It was really cool. It was you know, awesome experience. And they've got all you know, all the. Attractions, yeah, you know, yeah, and you know, now that I've built a few Disneylands, <laughs> you know, work actually yeah. pounded nails next to monks right. and you know stuff like that. Yeah, you, you kind of begin to see that. Yeah, they're just another bunch of guys and gals working yeah. out their salvation in a little bit right. different context than we right. are. So now you you've built. Um, You've participated in construction on a couple of buildings yeah, at different monasteries, right? Yeah, four four different monasteries. Okay. Yeah, um, Saint Paisius Women's Monastery in Stafford, Arizona. Okay. Uh, I did a lot of construction there uh, over a period of a year, a couple years actually. Yeah. And then um, Saint uh, John's Monastery up in Manton, California. Hmm. Uh, That's did right. The, did the drywall up there on their church and a few things uh, for them up there. I've worked on St. Anthony's Monastery, and then, yeah. uh, um, and then there's a small monastery up in northern New Mexico where our son is. Okay. And I've done a little bit of remodeling up there for him. 
Yeah, you so, did like the floors there or something, yeah, right? Yeah, like, we, we remodeled the uh, Abbott cell that was actually okay. a root cellar or something like wow. at one time. Yeah. So so yeah, we put some insulation in the walls because it was like twelve below. Mm. So and uh, actually put a floor in so he wasn't sleeping on the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> That's helpful, <laughs> so, right? Yeah. So anyway, but yeah, it was cool. It was really neat. So yeah, it's a real blessing to be able to do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, really cool. enjoyed that work. Yeah, I've I've definitely enjoyed uh, my times at monasteries and. Um, there's actually one in Florida. Well, there's a, two, a men's monastery and a women's monastery. Mm -hmm. yeah. And they're very close together. Um, and I went twice in the same year, actually took some students one of the times. Nice. Um, and w what was nice, uh, I got to break away um, mm -hmm. from the group for a little bit. And I went in one of the chapels and just, I'm a terrible singer. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know that's why I rap. Like I, I don't I sing, say. I rap. You know, I, I the the problem is I, I can't uh, I can't carry a tune. Okay. I can talk rhythmically, which is basically what rap, rap is, but but I can't carry a tune. So, but you know, a lot of our prayers in the Orthodox Church are sung. Yeah. So I got to go in this chapel by myself and not be afraid to say my prayers out loud and sing a little bit and. Uh, it was a great experience, and, and uh, I had a lot of things I needed to get out. And there's something about having that sacred space, like I could say that stuff to God anywhere, right? But yeah. that sacred space and that time alone, uh, I, I got really real. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. The, the monastery, and um, you know, since we're, you know, talking, you know, I know you've got a list of questions and stuff, and this is, yeah. you know, this was kind of advertises and ask me anything yeah. kind of deal, and so, you know, I'm, I'm going to be kind of real, real transparent here, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, um, the, the last time I was up at St. Paisius, um, I, I went up there to look at, um, uh, not to look at, but to uh, smooth out the, the apse behind the altar, okay. uh, up in the, in the main church for and I kind of Theotokos. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, I, and I'm not one, you know me online, and, you know, everybody who knows me on Facebook knows that I'm not a person who is given to spiritual experiences and, <laughs> right. you know, right. and, and, you know, woo-woo kinds of, kinds of stuff. And um, so uh, I was staying in the men's, uh, you know, the men's kind of little dormitory there. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's just a little... Uh, Hogan, you know, with eight beds in it, and I was the only person in there. And so I, you know, went and worked on the worked on the dome, had dinner, and went over there and went to bed. And in the middle of the night, I feel something hmm. grab me. Okay. And you know, start, you know, it's like trying to drag me out of bed. And <laughs> and so I'm I'm waking up. You know, and, and again, you know, the, I don't yeah. know if I was waking up or if I was awake, you know, sure. one of those, you know, you're dead asleep and next thing you know, you're being drug out of bed by yeah. some, some somebody. And so, you know, I woke up screaming and I thought, you know, wow. well, nightmare, you know, yeah. you know yeah. whatever. And uh, so I kind of settled back down, <laughs> you know, kind of chill a little bit and uh, went back to sleep and it happened again. Oh, geez. And... You know, and it was like somebody just jumped on top of me and, you know, was, yeah. was ripping my covers off and, you know, trying to drag me out. And again, you know, woke up screaming, you know, flailing, yeah. you know, you know, fighting with it. And, and so, 
at you know that time I'm just going, oh crap. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, so you know it, it was really unnerving that time. You yeah. Know, it wasn't just like oh you know nightmare because it was the same experience twice in a row. Yeah. That's at know, some and, point. It, yeah. And it's, I don't. It's a and startling. I don't, yeah. And I don't. <laughs> I don't dream. I'm. You know. Okay. I mean, I can. I can remember probably on one hand the number of dreams that I can remember in my whole life. Wow. You know, so it's not like yeah. something that happens every night where I have these lucid dreams, you know, yeah. or anything like that. I always wake up and I don't remember ever, ever dreaming. Wow. So I kind of, you know, lay there for probably an hour and, you know, just kind of, you know, <laughs> get calm, you know, and, right. uh, and you know, I'm, I'm, you know, looking out the window and I'm kind of, you know, looking around and everything. Yeah. And I, I stayed in that building, you know, I mean, weeks. Yeah. You know, I've, I've been up there every weekend for, you know, for over a year, you know, working up there. Wow. So it's, it's not like, you know, I was unfamiliar. And so I went back to sleep and fuck it, it happened again. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it, it was, oh, you know, so I'm, I'm just, you know, now I'm flipping out. Yeah. And, and so as, I, as you should. <laughs> yeah. So I, so, you know, I lay awake and I just, I just laid there. Yeah. And stared at the ceiling until the sun came up. Wow. You know. So I'm I'm thinking about it, you know, and, and of course here's where you know here's where the what, what we call in orthodoxy the locus me, yeah. You know, start, uh, you know, start coming in, and you know, and the the uh, the ego, yeah, and the prelest, you know, what we call vainglory, sure. you know, sure. pride kind of stuff, and I'm going, yeah, yeah. This is pretty cool. I got attacked <laughs> by demons because I'm here working on the church. Oh yeah. yeah I'm so yeah. You, you, you made Satan's torture list. Yeah. You know? And I go, yeah, you know, the demons think I'm cool. <laughs> I'm holy enough to be attacking me in my bed, you know. And oh. I'm going and I'm going, you know, and then, you know, I'm thinking, this is like a story out of the Desert Fathers, you know. It's yeah. like, you know, no, you know, the demons aren't actually attacking you. They're attacking you to get you to fall for the pride. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm uh, like, going, oh, man, what? I'm so screwed up. You know? <laughs> That's amazing. So, so yeah, it, you know, so, but, you know, this could probably segues into something on your list there. But, oh, definitely. But one of the, one of the things, uh, I know one of the questions that I saw on the, on the uh, Facebook list was, um, you know, what's your kind of like what's your greatest struggle and everything, and and I think in in a lot of ways in my spiritual life that I consciously remember since age five, um, that's indicative of what has been my biggest struggle is okay. my ego, right, and right. my my arrogance to think that I am that special. Yeah. You know, that I'm, you know, I'm all that or, you know, or, you know, sure. that, that I'm, I'm, you know, so something or other that the demons think I'm, you know, right. I, I need to be attacked in the middle of the night. Right. You know, kind of thing. <laughs> and, um, and I alluded to something, you know, part of this on, on uh, one of my Steve the Builder podcasts. On, I think it was the one on mediocrity. And, uh, you know, the idea that. You know, we're a Bible character. Right. You know, yeah. and, and that you know, our our spiritual lives are like those of the Bible characters, and so right. you know, we're we're 
you know, we're all that, we're that special, you know, yeah. that, that God would either, you know, punish us or bless us or that our lives are so significant, you know, because we, you know, we did something good like, you know, Mary Magdalene or, or right. you know, we, we wept like somebody or we, you know, we uh, stood up to the church authorities like Jeremiah or right. we, you know, we left our home like Moses, yeah. you know, or sinned like David, right. you know, so, right. so all this stuff kind of comes playing in on us and it's like, you know, if, if you made a list of all the Bible characters, you know, there's only, what, 400 and something of them, you know, yeah. out of billions and billions of people that have lived on the <laughs> earth, only 400 people made it in the Bible, right. you know, maybe this, maybe they're there because, <laughs> because they are Bible characters, sure. and, and I'm not one, you know, so, right. um, so, have so, you ever heard of uh, Jerusalem syndrome? Um, no, no. <laughs> so it's it's kind of it's kind of controversial, but there is a thing that um, that some people say happens when people spend time in Jerusalem. That sometimes they kind of go a little crazy, and they start thinking they're one of the characters from the Bible. And I, like my, I've walked on the same street where the apostles walked, kind of yeah. thing, and so I've picked up the energy, or yeah, or whatever. And like it yeah. can manifest, like they can literally think they're Jesus yeah. or something, yeah. but it can it can also manifest that way as well. Yeah. And the, um, I was reading about it in this book. I wish I could remember the name of it. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, but he, it's a funny take on the Book of Mormon, mm-hmm. and he actually retraces all of the Book of Mormon history in. Book Mormon starts in Jerusalem, so he starts in Jerusalem, and he talks about it. And there's there's actually a, a mental hospital that has that he talks about that has a whole floor dedicated to people with Jerusalem syndrome. Wow! Uh, wow! The, yeah, it's yeah. fascinating. Yeah. Well, well, and this kind of that actually kind of segues into something that I was you know that I was planning on talking about. Yeah. You know, and again, it may Keep it going, may overlap into. Overlap into some of your questions here, but I remember one of the questions was, um, you know, what was your biggest struggle and how did you overcome it? Mm. You went and right for the big ones. Right for the big one. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, let's let's uh, yeah. So, um, and I and I thought a lot about this. Um, you know how, you know how I wanted to address it, and and it's always a struggle because. You know, my struggles always involve my wife and my kids and mm-hmm. family and, right. and people that uh, know me and, you know, connected. But, um, you know, how to, how to tell a story without um, scandalizing or, right. you know, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, but uh, the Jerusalem syndrome, uh, you know, walking where Jesus walked and then beginning to believe that somehow, you know, you're, yeah. you were actually there. And my... My biggest downfall and my biggest, uh, you know, uh, sin in my life and, and all that was actually because I had kind of a, a Jerusalem syndrome. Uh, I was uh, playing Jesus okay. at a vacation Bible school program right. at our old Protestant church. And, of course, I was the only guy in the church with long hair and a beard, you know, <laughs> and, and, you know, I was... You know, I was, I was a pretty friendly guy, you know, and everybody, yeah. you know, I, you know, my kids grew up there, so, you know, it's like, yeah, why don't you play Jesus, you yeah. know, and then we had this other guy, Dan, who, you know, who had the, the long skinny face and the black goatee, you know, right. so he's going to play Satan, you know, <laughs> so, so it's, uh, it, you know, 
and we had a uh, you know a couple of little uh, vignettes you know that we acted yeah. out you know of Bible stories you know where Jesus and Satan kind of had you know some conflicts and then you know Jesus sure. always won and then the kids of went course. off to the sun you know to the yeah. to their classes and then after class you know I just kind of wander around in my robe you know and I play with the kids and you know they sit on my lap you know and all this stuff and by the end of that week I was going yeah yeah I'm, I'm really like Jesus, you know, and, and it, in one way it was really humbling because, yeah. you know, the, the kids were little and, and, you know, it's like, you know, they walked by and go, hey, Jesus, you know, yeah. and, and I, and I imagined, you know, this is, this had to be what it was like when Jesus would walk into town. Right. And, you know, the kids would come running to him because, you know, Jesus was a cool guy to hang with, you know. Yeah. And the parents were trying to, you know, grab their kids and say, hey, you know, you know, look both ways before you cross <laughs> the street, you know. Yeah. And, and the disciples are trying to shoo them all away and everything. And, and, I'm, and in fact, I, I've told people before, you know, they, they would say, you know, how, how am I supposed to be as a Christian? And I say, be the kind of person that when you walk in a room, kids will run to you. Hmm. And you'll be the right kind of person. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And and so, so it's kind of like I was that person. Right. Yeah. You know. And and so, you know. And and like I say, it was, it was really kind of humbling, and, and it was it was eye opening in a lot of yeah. ways, and how far you know how far short my life fell sure. from being that daily and you know in yeah. real life rather than you know. Um, you know, for a couple hours on, right. you know, on a weeknight, you know, with a bunch of kids yeah. running around. Uh, so there was a lot of, you know, there was a lot of uh, soul searching and things like that. Okay. But, um, but I started believing my own press. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and it started going beyond that, um, you know, that week. And, you know, and there, there was a sense in which I was more consciously trying to be like Christ. Yeah. But on the other hand, because I had kind of been Christ yeah. and people were reacting to me as if I was. Yeah. And it was really cool <laughs> that people, you know, like treated me like that. Right. Um and I'll just, you know, cut to the cut to the short story. Within six months I committed adultery. Mm. Hey love boat, not you shipwreck. Hey love boat, not you shipwreck. Hey love boat, I'm walking in the club like, um, excuse me, not you shipwreck. Hey love boat, not you shipwreck. Hey love boat, not you shipwreck. Hey love boat, I'm walking in the club like, not you shipwreck. And, and it was that, it, and I think it was at that point, um, and this was, you know, 25, 25 years ago, I think it was at that point that I knew, I, I kind of knew intellectually before, but it was at that point that I knew that my own sense of who I am and my own sense of my spiritual life and my own sense of... Um, how to be a Christian is never to be trusted. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, you know, all of the, you know, feelings and the thoughts and the, 
you know, the uh, you know the good and the bad. Yeah. You know, the self criticism and the self congratulations. You know, were both you know right. just delusions. They were delusional. Yeah. yeah. And and so it was it was kind of at that point that you know that I, I just kind of you know fell back on you know well, what do I do now? Yeah. You know. Uh, right. You know, what? How do I? How do I move forward from this? Because I, I had just destroyed you know, 25 years worth of ministry, and right. you know, and you know, uh, 25 years of uh, credibility and influence with you know, with the church I was in, and my ministry, and you know, all the people that I had mentored and taught and helped and converted, and you know, all that. I mean, just right. boom, gone. Yeah. You know. Because I was just so screwed up, yeah. You know, and and um, so um, so that that was a real kind of faith, you know, sure. a, a, re, a real faith crisis for you. I, I never doubted my Christian faith. Okay. You know, I, I'm, you know, for me that's just been kind of like uh, a given in my life. Yeah. You know, I, I don't really uh, consciously think about it uh, much anymore. Um, you know, I. In fact, I don't even really, you know, except for except for at that point, I, I really have never even thought about, you know, that am I saved? Right. You know, my, you know, what's my relationship with God like? You know, it's it's always just been this this undercurrent in my life that I know that, uh, you know, that there is a God. I don't experience God. Yeah. You know, yeah. I I don't, um, in a sense consciously think about God you know you know I mean right. um, and you, you don't you don't wrestle with doubt in Christ very much I mean you know not not in um, yeah not in Christ or, or anything like that um, you know I, I mean I read books and I've read philosophy and and you know existential you know been an existential crisis you know and all that kind of stuff right. but but in terms of um, you know, Christianity, if I wasn't a Christian, I'd probably be a Buddhist, yeah. you know, uh, because I, I just know that my life and my you know my existence needs some kind of structure and direction. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, I don't think I could ever be a total anarchist, you know, yeah. except you know in business and <laughs> right. stuff like that. But right. you know, but spiritually, I don't think I could be a, a totally self-directed. Um, Kind of person, and, and the times that I have been, and, you know, the fruit shows. Right. Um, but you know, it, it's kind of weird too. But except in in church, um, you know, I, I think in worship services of the church are really the only time I pray. You know, um, I've I've had a couple of people ask me, you know, what prayer book do you use? You know, what you know, what's your, yeah, you know, you know what what kind of you know structure do you have? And you know. Ever since I was a kid, I, mean, I was raised Roman Catholic, became a Protestant, um, you know, and, and we always talked about quiet time and, you know, right. praying, you know, praying the rosary and then, in, you know, in, in the Protestant church it was quiet time and, you know, prayer yeah. time and prayer closets and, and then with orthodoxy it's, you know, your little red prayer book and, yeah. you know, morning prayers, evening prayers, um, you know, things like that. Um, and every time I've tried to have like a personal you know, set aside prayer time. Yeah. It's just never, ever worked for me. Right. You know, and but on the other hand, um, I've always lived with this 
conscious consciousness yeah. of God. Right. And so, you know, I work in silence, you know, pretty much always have as much as I can. Yeah. If I'm working alone. Drives my clients crazy. <laughs> it's it's amazing how many people can't handle a, a quiet workspace. Yeah. You know, or a silent or a silent building. But um, and uh, and over the years I've gotten more and more reclusive and you know, I, right. just, I just need don't need, but I, I like, you know, quiet time, and that's not happening in my life right now, yeah. with my mom and dad living with us, right. and my, you know, daughter and four-year-old grandbaby, you know, wife, and it's so, so, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't consciously pray, you know, it, it's just like I live, I live in this sense of the presence of God, and yeah. it's just there, and it's nothing, you know, spectacular, it's not anything that I feel, it's right. not anything that, I even intellectually think about or, you know, say, oh, you know, there's God and I don't look for God in things, yeah. I don't look for signs of God and, sure. you know, and coincidences. Um, yeah, and and, so and how do you even know, I mean, it's it's like when something happens, whether it's good or bad, and you're yeah. looking for the God moment, the aha, right. there's, there's no way to actually know that. Yeah. So I always shy away from that stuff too. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's, and I think that drives some people kind of crazy, you know, that, um, you know, a lot of people like to see God's hand in everything, you know, like, you know, oh, I got a, I got a parking place, you know, space close <laughs> to, close to the door of the grocery store. You thank know, you, Mr. And, Jesus. You know, yeah, thank you, Jesus, <laughs> you know, and, and, um, you know, and for the most part, I, I don't look for either the blessings of God and good things, and I yeah. don't look for the judgment of God and bad things, right. you know, it, it's just, um, you know, I'm grateful for the good things, and I wrestle through the bad things. Yeah. And but I don't attribute them to a malevolent or benevolent, you know, right. God who's looking at my life and going, "Oh, you did good there, Steve. Here's your right. bounty." We are the music makers, and we are the dreamers of dreams. We make up the scene We're not the imitators We rap ruckus kings We don't heed those haters Instead we run things We are the innovators And the dreamers of dreams 1998 was when we started the deal Three high school kids With a dream that was real Wanted to have fun And push positive music Wanted to run things The way that we choose it Deathless Diddy We built up the city We wanted to rock mics And date girls who were pretty A touch of techno And a bit of ska Eclectic is the best description of all We made some friends, made connects and such Rock Vegas and Hawaii got bad haircuts Brits, Pigeon John, and Spoken Nerd Sackcloth the Duke and my main man Dirt Just four years and a handful of members We're about to go national the end of November Was a good ride but it died before long Before I hang my hat I'm gonna drop this song We are the music makers, we make up the scene We're not the imitators, we rap ruckus kings We don't heed those haters, instead we run things We are the innovators and the dreamers of dreams Ocean blue sea breakers by the ball takers Never gave a bit about fighting all the fakers One man with a dream can conquer a crown And two rappers with a beat can take a kingdom down Or your record can flop at the store You can hustle for cash and you can still be poor You can make lots of jokes and ride two word buses You can upset the folks with your royal ruckus Everything's built on the past of the earth Each age is dying and each dream's a birth 
a breath of inspiration to each generation. Glad we walked this way and avoided stagnation. DMC, Beasties, Soup the Chemist. We all get a second, then we have to be finished. We rode this ride, and my only regret is we took this long to make a record perfect. We are the music makers, we make up the scene. We're not the imitators, we rap ruckus kings. We don't heed those haters, instead we run things. We are the innovators and the dreamers of dreams. We are the music makers, we make up the scene. We're not the imitators, we rap ruckus kings. We don't heed those haters, instead we run things. We are the innovators and the dreamers of dreams. I drop these rhymes for my personal use. I never cut the mic, that's hip-hop abuse. Life after death, the death after life. Amazed we didn't choose, but we might choose which knife. Some choose right, but others choose demise. I don't know a whole lot, but I'm making on a prize. At least the Lord of mercy, love of God, don't hurt me. The music sings a song that I just need surgery. We do what we can, and so we make this record. Like Peter, Paul, and Mary got years together. I'ma let you finish, dudes, lower the bar. Let's turn that around and raise the rap beat charts. No vision, amazing, no house, they are raising. The only way forward is heavy trail blazing. Every singer sings, and then he stops. Every rapper writes and then he drops We are the music makers, we make up the scene We're not the imitators, we rap ruckus kings We don't heed those haters, instead we run things We are the innovators and the dreamers of dreams We are the music makers, we make up the scene We're not the imitators, we rap ruckus kings We don't heed those haters, instead we run things We are the innovators and the dreamers of dreams orthodox perspective this is not something i grew up with this is something i've absorbed in becoming orthodox that all things are meant for our salvation in some way and if we're going to look for anything i i feel like what we need to be looking for is how to grow through the positive and negative things yeah. not necessarily looking for a message or not necessarily blaming god or the devil for one or the other but Look at how we can grow as human beings. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, it, I, in, at least in my mind, if, if I start attributing, you know, good and bad, you know, good and evil to God, then yeah. then it kind of puts me in a position of, um, you know, almost manipulating God for right. know, less of one and more of the other. Yeah. You know, rather than just saying, uh, you know, when I walk out today from, you know, from hanging out with you I've got a flat tire you know yeah well you know did God hate me you know <laughs> is this the demons attacking right. me you know is this a sign from God you know whatever yeah. rather than you know it's a flat tire yeah you and, probably just ran over it yeah and am I am I gonna <laughs> am I gonna cuss and swear swear about it or am right. I just gonna deal with it and move on you yeah. know and and so you know for me it's kind of like um, you know whatever's in front of me wherever it came from and you know it doesn't matter where it came from, really. If it right. came from God or Satan or, or just, you know, a screwed up universe that, you know, that everybody lives in and, and we all we all struggle through yeah. a fallen a fallen world. Um, you know, the the important thing about it is my inner life and how I deal with that, how I react to it, and, and am I going to uh, take this as an opportunity to be patient, kind, you know. Loving, yeah. you know, grateful, you know, whatever, or am I going to you know, be a jerk, right. or, or, you know, um, lose my, you know, lose my religion over it? Right. You know, so, so anyway, but, but yeah, it's it's kind of a, you know, orthodoxy has been kind of a, uh, a, 
I don't say tough, but in some senses because of the expectations, you know, that uh, that I kind of saw when I came in, you know, it's like, well, you know, your prayer life to be like a, like a real spiritual guy with right. the monks, you know, you got to pray 12 hours a day, you know, or you got to do the, yeah. you know, you got to do the form and you got to do the, you know, you got to do the hours, you got to read, right. you know, this and that. And, and I tried it. I really yeah. gave it an honest shot, I think. And, um, yeah, and not that I think they're, you know, they're bad, wrong, you know, yeah. whatever, but, but, it just seemed, at least in, in my life, almost a step backwards, okay. you, know, um, you know, to try to uh, structure something that for me is just kind of like a you know, part of just the, the DNA of my right. existence. So, right. um, it's, it, it's amazing um, how many of my questions you've already answered. <laughs> or, or alluded to. Um, so, well, let's just go through them. You know, I, I, yeah. yeah, I've been kind of yakking around. No, you're, it's, around it's great. Here, it's, uh, so. And and we kind of got right to it. I was gonna I was gonna make like the shipwreck aspect like a, its own time, but kind of yeah. you went right for it, which is which is awesome. Um, I, I did want to say something funny. I, I'm in a group text with some guys from the Samson Society. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I don't know if we have one of those here in Phoenix. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, SamsonSociety.org, I think it is, has a listing of all of the groups, uh, and, and usually you can find them. But um, yeah, you and I have talked about that before, and it, and it seems like a really cool organization. Yeah, it, it's it's amazing because it's it's basically a company of men who do life together, and um, and you can be is broken. <laughs> uh, in fact, we, we actually don't have a lot of use for people that think they have it together. Yeah. Um, the, the few times I've had people come in that think they have it together, they want to help the rest of us in such a way that it actually ends up not being helpful. Uh, when people come in broken and needing help, they, those are actually the people that are the most helpful. Staring in the outer space with the 
up wasn't where you've been, you were not. You're not letting go, not gonna stray, not gonna get in your own way, kid. You were not. You're not gonna quit, not gonna lose, not gonna waste time feeling blue, yo. You were not. Not singled out, not lower brand, no. The reason I brought it up is we, we've we've got a group text going with our South Florida Samson group, and one of the guys is always posting these long daily devotionals. Mm-hmm. I I just I consistently reply I am daily devoted to not reading more links, <laughs> um, and, and the latest was uh, he invited us all to come out to a soccer game that has a devotional at halftime. And I said, that sounds terrible. <laughs> if you want to go to the bar on Thursday, let's go to the bar. But I'm not going to go to a de- devotional soccer game. Uh, but I, I mean, I say all that. I mean, he's a very genuine guy. He'll probably listen to this and laugh. But, um, you know, I don't connect with that stuff very well. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've had some difficult things in, in my life that kind of made me not care about a lot of that stuff. Uh, I care about prayer. Yeah, I'm not very good at like you. I'm not very good at doing it on my own. Um, but I find that going to the services, not only is the quality of prayer better. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm more focused right, and more focused. And to be able to do that in community mm-hmm. actually means a lot more to me than by myself in my closet. Yeah, and and that's why I don't think I could ever. Not be part of a community. Um, yeah. You know, I, I have this fantasy that when my wife and my mom and dad die, and you know, 
that I'm going to sell the house and buy a single white you know, <laughs> and move out to like, you know, East Apache Junction and, yeah. and middle of 20 acres in the desert and, you know, put up a barbed wire fence that says, right. you know, beware of dog and commotion, <laughs> you know, something, but, um, yeah. you know, and, and yeah, that, uh, you know, yeah, that, that reclusive part of me would, would really like that. Yes. But I also know myself that I, I really don't think I could ever spiritually exist without community yeah. and without that, you know, uh, that structured prayer time and community. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I don't, uh, you know, I don't think prayer is unimportant. I don't think it's, uh, you know, that it can be dispensed with, you know, yeah. and it's, it's definitely part of, uh, who we are, and it's a, it's a connection with God, but uh, but yeah, the the community aspect of it, um, and you know sometimes I find liturgy you know pretty tedious and yeah. you know and boring, and you know after you've done it for twenty years, you know right. the hymns get kind of the same, and and I actually enjoy the uh, the vigil services, you know the yeah. uh, the Saturday nights more than I like the liturgy, okay, you know because. The, the prayers vary, sure. you know, and you're you're seeing a lot more of uh, the life of the church in, in yeah. the prayers and the canon, and you know the uh, you know the psalter. Uh, it's much more expansive. There's you know yeah. there's just a lot more uh, variety there of yeah. things. And by the time you get to liturgy, uh, that's all pared down to you know three songs and you know maybe yeah. a, a few verses in the beatitudes if your church even does the beatitudes. Right. Uh, and then everything else is the same, you know? right. and, and and that has its own merit, you know. I, I mean, you know, I know I know myself, and I know humanity well enough to know that we need structure. We need yeah. we need, you know, the sun coming up and the sun going down at the same time every day. Yeah, you know? yeah. And uh, you know, so all of that's you know all of that's part of the stabilization of our humanity, right? And our spirit and our soul and all of that. But but on the other hand. Uh, yeah, you know, the, the sun up, sun down at the same time every day, you know, that doesn't right. even really happen. You know, yeah, it, yeah. It varies, it varies. across the year. Um, but Unless yeah, you're it, on the equator, it, then it almost varies yeah. not at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, but, but, you know, that can get boring and yeah. you kind of yeah. take it for granted and you kind of walk through it a lot. And, sure. and I find myself doing that, uh, you know, quite a bit. And, uh, you know, I sing in the choir, you know, keep myself focused and yeah. try to do some of the chanting. Um, I don't know what I would do if I was just like a regular member and just stood out in the congregation right. and had to try to make myself pay attention. You yeah. know, if you're chanting, you know, you, you have to focus. Oh, definitely. <laughs> you know, yeah. but if you're standing out in the congregation, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, it's harder. It really is. Well, so. I, I found for me, um, this year especially, I went through a real dry spell. And Lent has always been like my reset button. Mm -hmm. And this year Lent just sucked. Like <laughs> I wasn't feeling it at all. I didn't feel yeah. like repenting. I wasn't even doing anything particularly interesting and sinful. Yeah. You know, the sins were very boring. <laughs> just the normal. But yeah, just the normal stuff. But uh, I just I didn't feel like repenting, and um, I didn't really enjoy going to church either. Uh, but what helped me was I'm an usher. And there were a lot of people traveling and I was able to fill in. So I had to at least show up and have a job to do. Yeah. And for that season, that was enough. Yeah. And the, 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 I don't even want to say the feelings came back, but I'm not in as blah of yeah. a state right now. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, this past Lent, um, Lent has always been kind of my, my favorite season, um, not because I particularly did it well, you yeah, know, or, yeah. or really did, you know, the first two or three years I was Orthodox, yeah, I was all about the, you know, right. the, you know the, the hummus for supper and, you know, <laughs> and all that stuff, and, and yeah. over the years I've kind of, you know, kind of lost some of that zeal and the shiny, um, but this past Lent, uh, because we have my mom and dad living with us, somebody has to be home, you know, to change my mom's yeah. diapers and, you know, all that, so, and my wife Peggy's the choir director, so she pretty much had to be there yeah. uh, to lead the services because nobody else really can pitch things and you know lead the choir and knows the services yeah. um, like she does. So, so basically, I missed all of Lent and all of Holy Week. Yeah, um, and we we were able to get a caregiver this day with my mom on Pascha, so I was able to be there for Pascha. Um, but that was kind of a. Um, that was kind of like a, a man your post kind of mm -hmm. land for me, mm -hmm. you know, and and it was it was almost like, you know, my my repentance. And, and again, this is another thing where, um, you know, at least in my spiritual life, unless I hit some huge brick wall like adultery, sure, you know, uh, something like that, um, you know, I I'm pretty introspective you know I, I kind of pay attention to what's going on yeah. in my head and, and you know kind of how I'm processing stuff and I look at um, you know my my responsibilities my duties you know I, I, I tell my you know my kids and you know most people like you know I talk to you about spiritual stuff I said you know most of life and most of spiritual life and most of you know uh, being spiritual, it really boils down to manning your posts. Yeah, yeah. you know, and uh, showing up. Yeah, you know whether you like it or not. Right. And um, you know, and if you can do that, you're, you know, you're mostly there. Yeah. You know, and and I think that's that's kind of what Lent was for me this past year. It was just yeah, you know, I wasn't at church, and you know, I wasn't. You know, doing the you know doing the reader services at home instead of right. doing them at church kind of thing. You know, and but um, I was manning a new post in life. Yeah. You know, and, and one that you know frankly is you know pretty damn hard right now. Yeah. So tell, tell me know, a little bit about so, that. You've got a multi generational house right now. Yeah. Yeah. Going both directions. Yeah. Yeah. We. Uh, um, We'd been trying to talk my mom and dad into moving in with us for several years uh, because, you know, we could tell they're getting kind of old and frail. And then my mom got breast cancer about six years ago, okay. uh, had a couple rounds of chemo, and then she quit. Uh, she said, I'm 85, you know, what's chemo going to get me, another two years? You right. know, she goes, right. I don't want to live another two years. She mm -hmm. said, I'm old. You know, yeah. <laughs> and mom's really cool. I mean, she's so you know, boom, <laughs> practical. You know, and uh, says it like it is. So anyway, um, so chemo really took a toll on her. She started really going downhill. She's got full blown dementia now. She can't oh, remember. Wow. She doesn't remember where she is. Yeah. Uh, she remembers me and Peggy and you know right. the, the older kids, but she, you know, fifty fifty hundred times a day, she's where am I? You know, wow. she doesn't know where she is. Yeah. You know, 
uh, can't remember anything from five seconds ago. You, know, yeah. you can say something and you know five seconds is gone. Right. You know, so, so uh, she's in a wheelchair. She's paralyzed on one side. Uh, so, you know, we're she's full care nursing. Right. And uh, so we're. But we, we finally got a caregiver that comes in for about seven hours a day, okay. during the day, and then we take care of her at night and all that. And then my dad's been doing okay, he's 88, and he's been doing okay um, in decent health. He's had three bypass operations, so okay. he's a survivor. Yeah. And, uh, but a few months ago, we noticed him starting to repeat himself. Uh, and yeah. uh, so he's kind of going downhill, he's losing some filters, some boundaries and oh, no. um, yeah. yeah and yeah. Uh, his judgment's getting really poor he's tried okay. to pick my mom up a couple times and dropped her because he doesn't remember that she can't yeah. stand up on her own and, you know yeah. and then he gets mad because she fell down and, you mm. know stuff like this and then uh, this past week he went out to Burger King to grab some supper for him and he's been there dozens of times right he got lost oh, and ended, no. up, ended up like six miles from home and uh, finally found somebody that pointed him back in the right direction right. and made it back home. But So, yeah, we're, we're kind of, yeah. you know, we're kind of, um, he's going to need, you know, somebody to keep an eye on him now. And, yeah. uh, and then we got my daughter and our four-year-old grandbaby living with us, um, okay. and, which is really cool. You know, so the grandbaby loves my dad. Okay. Yeah, they. I mean, they sit there and watch cartoons together. You know, that's great. He feeds her donuts. You know, and it's yeah. You know, and I'm kind of jealous because you know that was supposed to be my role. You know, <laughs> I was supposed to be the candy granddaddy, right? You know, yeah. And all that, and you know, but now I've got to be the dad figure because sure. you know my daughter doesn't, you know, yeah. doesn't have a, a husband. You know, so so how, so, how so many? Kinda, uh, you know, it's, how many grandchildren do you have? We have five grandchildren. Okay. So yeah, and they're all over the country. So okay. Yeah, so uh, what what are some of the things you like to do when you are with the grandchildren? You know, it's it's just uh, it's just fun. You know, we, we uh, I don't get to see uh, our other grandkids. Uh, I haven't seen uh, my grandkids in Texas for uh, three years. Oh wow! Almost three years. Okay. Now. Uh, Peggy went over this a uh, few weeks ago and, and visited them, but I, I needed to stay home with mom and dad. Right. So, um, and then we have a, uh, a new grandson. Well, he's a year old, and, but my it's son. New enough. Yeah, new <laughs> enough. And, but but they just moved to Saint Tegan Seminary with him. Okay. So they took they took our wow. <laughs> our grandson to the other side of the earth. Yeah. You know, and then yeah. uh, and then we have a new grand. We have a new granddaughter, um, and she's uh, over in Boston with uh, with Peggy's youngest son. So, okay. and he's going to MIT. Hey, he's, nice. He's, yeah, he's going to be a, a cancer researcher. So, That's cool. So yeah, so um, so most of my interaction, you know, is really with the granddaughter living with right. us. You know, yeah. and it's a hoot. You know, it's, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, she's a she was a three major, just turned four, going on four, <laughs> going on fourteen. You know, so, but, she she was really cute in church. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, she had the moose the moose she had like, a, like a moose snuggie almost yeah, was, kind yeah, of thing. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was from my that was from my sister up in Montana. So yeah, yeah. yeah she, she she was dancing and everything. I mean. Oh yeah, yeah. She's pretty great. She's oh she's smart. Yeah. Oh man. So yeah, she's gonna she's gonna be something else. Yeah. So. 
But now, how have uh, how have your priorities changed as you've gotten older? Oh man. And and, and know, like what and what does that look like? Yeah. Um, you know, right. I've been self-employed for 36 years now. Okay. And um, and I think, you know, it, it's the old, you know, the old saying, you know, uh, when you get old, you're not going to look back on, you know, the job that you finished up on time or the, you right. know, the, the money you made on this, this or that project. Right. You know, you're going to really look back on the time with the kids and things like that. And... You know, um, and, and I think it kind of brought it to the forefront to me. I, I remember seeing on Facebook, there's, um, uh, yeah, there's Michael Hyatt, you know, and he's yeah, got his yeah. own, he's got his own business now with, you know, publishing right. and all that. And he's on sabbatical in Italy with his wife. Yeah. And he had a blog post about how everybody needs to take a sabbatical. Yeah. You know, and... I thought that's a cool concept. Yeah. But when in the last, you know, thirty something years when I've been <laughs> raising a family and yeah. you know, had you know um, you know, for three years seven thousand dollars in alimony and child support and then twenty five hundred bucks a month for another twelve years yeah. you know, after that and now I'm you know Raising, you know, raising a family and, you know, yeah. and, and another family and, and taking care of mom and dad. It's like, you know, when am I going to get six weeks and have the money to right. take a, a six-week sabbatical? You know? Yeah. And so, you know, the reality is, you know, yeah, my priorities have always, in a sense, been, you know, my kids, my family. Right. You know, things like that. But... Um, but the reality was I had to make a crap load of money to yeah. keep food on the table and, you know, and, and, um, cars in the driveway and, you know, and right. tuition, you know, I, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and so, um, I've been blessed because I, I have been self-employed and I, you know, I can charge people, you know, 35, 45 bucks an hour for my time to fix you know, to hang pictures for God's sake. <laughs> I mean, I changed light. Yeah. I changed light bulbs for little Jewish old ladies for forty-five dollars an hour. <laughs> you know, and but you know, they, you know, they're rich. I mean, they're yeah. filthy rich, and and to them, you know, that's like you right. know lunch money. Right. Know? And and they love me for it. Yeah. You know, that they can call me. They can leave me a key to their house. Let me in. You know, I can walk in when they're not home. You know, and I leave them a right. bill. You know, so I mean, there, there's a, you know, it's worth it to them to have that trust. So, so yeah, yeah my my priorities, um, you know, have have at least intellectually always been, you know, my kids and stuff. And I wish, you know, I look back on it and yeah, of course I would have loved to spend more time with them. But yeah. but I do know that, you know, even after my divorce, um, especially after my divorce, you know, I was there for every one of my son and daughters, you know. Uh, my son was in marching band for four years in high school. Okay. I went to every football game, yeah. every concert, you know, every yeah. you know, every competition they attended, you know, my daughter, you know, all of her debates, you know, I mean yeah. you know, anything they did, you know, I was there you know, I was yeah. there. And uh, so yeah, I, you know, I I you know, I tried to, you know, try to make it a priority. 
uh, right now, um, you know, my, my priority is still pretty much that, you know, I'm, I'm taking care of family and, you know, trying to make sure, you know, we're, we're keeping the lights on at the house right. and, you know, and all of that. And, you know, yeah, I'm probably working a little bit too much at 65. And, right. Know, yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, and then church, you know, church is a, you know, community church. Is, church has always been a big priority for me. I, you know, and, you know, I was in the Protestant church. I was pretty much the last one out of the parking lot, okay. you know, on Sundays. Um, at, and then uh, in my Orthodox experience, I've been part of, um, I think, five mission parishes, okay. helping establish five parish missions. In, in various roles, you know, not all not all full time, right? But I've been, you know, been involved in them, and you know, the two that I've actually been founding a founding member of, yeah, for the most part, for about you know, 18 years, I've pretty much been the last one out the door at coffee hour. And, yeah. You know, uh, now I've had to pare that back because I, you know, I need to be at home until yeah. you know, a caregiver arrives, and then I right. need to get back home. You know, sometimes right after church, but. Um, but the parish is big enough now that there's some people taking up that slack, and, sure. you know, uh, paying more attention. But, but yeah, it, you know, I, I really can't say that my, you know, my priorities in life have really uh, morphed or changed with old age uh, yeah. much at all. Or, you know, you've um, had membership in a number of churches. Uh, you mentioned yeah. mission work and that kind of thing. Um, have have you ever been driven out of church? <laughs> so, um, well, I was I was excommunicated uh, from my Protestant church for you know for the adultery. Okay. And and I actually you know talked to the elders. Um, I you know I was uh, you know I was, I was a minister at that church for three years, and then I I stayed stayed at that church after I was fired. Um, and be, you know, and just taught Sunday school. I taught adult Bible study on Sunday morning, and then a Wednesday night Bible class, and then a weeknight Bible class. And so, you know, I, you know, for lack of a better way to put it, I was really, really popular. Yeah. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know I really was. And and so, you know, I I had a, a great deal of influence at, at that church. And so, you know, when that happened. Um, you know, yeah, it was devastating to the church. Yeah, know, I mean, it was a, it was a swath of destruction. Yeah, you know, in, in a lot of people's lives, and um, you know, so I yeah I I, I screwed up big big really big, um, and um, so uh, so yeah I I was um, excommunicated. Um, the, I talked to the elders and they, you know, and I, they said, uh, well, we were Church of Christ, which meant the guilty party in a divorce couldn't remarry. Okay. And so I talked talk to them and said, well, you know, uh, my wife isn't going to take me back after, yeah. you know, with this, you know, my, uh, my wife, my now wife was, was pregnant. And, um, and her husband wasn't going to take her back and raise my child. Yeah. You know, and right. so we said, you know, they, they said, well, what's your plan? I said, well, we're just going to get married and try to make the boat, try, try to make them, you know, the best of this. Right. You know, uh, what, what, 
what else can we do? They said, well, you, know, you don't have the right to remarry. And so, um, you know, one of you can stay here, but the other one has to leave. And mm. you can never have any contact with one another again. And I said, well... It's a little I, complicated with a, yeah, with a child involved. Yeah, exactly. And I said, well, what are we supposed to do about this child? And one of the elders looked at me and said, won't be the first kid and won't be the last to be raised without a father. Oh, my. And I just, you know, <laughs> I just said, well, um, I can't see that that's in any way, in a, uh, you know, I, I, that's not going to happen. Yeah. And they said, well, then we don't have any choice but to excommunicate you. And I said, well, then, you know, you really need to. Yeah. You know, because if you don't, you'll be seen as weak. Yeah. And, you know, you'll be compromising everything that the church teaches. Yeah. So, you know, we will we will leave quietly and, yeah. you know, we'll, you know, not, you know, we won't, you know, come back. We won't contact anybody, yeah. you know, so, you know, you guys do what you need to do, you know, and we're, and so we ended up going to the Episcopal Church from there. Okay. And, you know, and then we went to the Episcopal Church and we met with the priest there and told him what happened. He said, you know, you're welcome here. And, but, you know, even though it was two, you know, totally different churches, you know, Church of Christ, Bible Church, and Episcopal um, at that time, um, I, you know, I, I said, I've been excommunicated. Yeah. And so uh, I didn't take communion at the Episcopal Church for a year. Oh, wow. Um, because I took that seriously. Yeah. You know, and yeah. so in a sense, I wasn't driven out of the church. Yeah. You know, I removed myself from the church. Sure. You know, and, and um, so I took that time that year, um, you know, to, and, and that was on the heels of that vacation Bible school, you know, that oh, okay. we talked about yeah, right, yeah, right yeah. at the beginning, right. you know, all this kind of came together. Right. And so, you know, that realization that, you know, I was really, you know, self-deluded and, you know, yeah, just really, yeah. you know, kind of messed up, screwed up, you know, my ego, my, you know, you know, all that stuff, you know, I just came, that was my big existential crisis, yeah. you know, this was 25, you know, 25 years ago yeah. and uh, 26 years ago. And so that year um, was really kind of a time for me to, you know, really take a look inwardly. Yeah. And, and work out, you know, kind of who I am now. You know, yeah. I, you know, everything I believed about myself was just all turned to crap. Yeah. You know, yeah, but I and and I kind of realized I was full of crap. Yeah. You know, but how do you, you know, how do you come back from that? Yeah. You know, when your whole life is about ministry and about you know yeah. being a a godly influence and a Christ-like person, you know, to other right. people and. You know, and now you're, you know, everything that you, um, you know, you focused your life on is now, you know, you just, right. you just threw all that away. You know, yeah. you just threw it in the trash. Feel good song of the year. Of the year. Gets a hangout at the beach with the friendly sea otter. The potter, it all flows from his hand. Predetermined plan for this two man band. I spread some jam when my mama make toast. Michael set me straight when I try to burn the Okie dokie, I'd a chokey. Your brag is kind of bad. 
I'll eat oranges when I'm feeling sad. Rocking shows on the stage, bringing beats to the youth. Handing out flyers with love for the truth. And I want to be alone I know I should be cool with what I got I don't got a yacht, but I have some apricots Well, the bus to Miami doesn't take you to Orlando I was at the Greyhounds to dig this to Marlon Brando Oh boy, oh boy, homie's got a brand new toy Traded it for cookies, then moved to Illinois I was eating chocolate chips when I banged my knee Ouch, ah, I want my MTV I have a pet shark living in my swimming pool Sometimes he eats me friends, but man, he's cool Fast forward, uh, you know, six years later, seven years later, um, when we became Orthodox, um, there was a, you know, snowball's chance in hell, but there was, a, uh, you know, there were several people who were trying to trying to get me ordained as a mm. priest, you know, yeah. and, and um, you know, and you know that was flattering. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was yeah. another one of those, you know, kind of looking back on it, you know, that flattery. You right. Know, you know, it's another one of those full of crap moments. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm so special that, you know, I'm an adulterer who's been divorced and the Orthodox Church really doesn't, you know, technically ordain divorced people. Right. But, but you know, there's always the little canon tweaks and, you know, like, right. uh, you know, Father Tom Hawko told me one time that uh, the OCA had a, 
a guy that they really, really liked, but he was divorced, and so they sent him over to the Ukrainians because the Ukrainians would divorce, <laughs> would ordain a divorced guy, and then they received him back in as a priest. You know? Wow! And, and I know, like the Romanian, yeah. you know, Romanian church has ordained a couple guys I know that are previously divorced. You know, so so anyway, you know, yeah. there's always that yeah. that chance that it might happen. Sure. You know, and everything, but but here again, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there going, yeah, I'm so special that you know I'd be the exception to the rule, right. you know, and all this stuff, and and. Um, and of course, you know, it, it never happened. And, you know, 18 years later, now I can look back on that and go, thank God it didn't. Sure. You know, because if it had happened back then, I was still as full of crap as I was when I committed adultery. Mm. You know, yeah. And, I, you know, I was still kind of feeling my way out of that. Right. You know, and, and so, you know, and then fast forward, you know, to last year when I'm up there at the monastery being attacked by demons going, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, baby, baby, come on, bring it, bring it, Satan, you know, I'm, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm that, you know, so, you know, that, that whole thread throughout my whole life, you know, it's just yeah. this constant uh, struggle with, you know, with uh, who I am in, in, yeah. in relation to God. And so have I ever been driven out of a church? I would probably say... Um, I, I have left some churches, yeah. you know, so, and a, you know, a couple, you know, one Orthodox church, uh, you know, one of the missions that we established, we left, um, and then I did take a about a year and a half, almost two year hiatus from the current uh, mission parish that we're a part of. And you just weren't and attending at all, or no? I didn't attend at all. You know, and uh, my wife attended. She was, you know, still directing choir, right. and I just took. I just took, uh, you know, just took a break, yeah. you know, and, and left. But I I never lost my faith, right. you know. And, and I can point to all the circumstances and all the things the bishop did and all the things our former, you know, priests and you know all, yeah, the, yeah. all the stuff that happened and you know the you know the drama and everything like that and go you know you know, I could be the martyr and go, oh yeah, I was forced out, you know, and, you know, I, I was, you, right. know, you know, I took, I took the fall, you know, and all that stuff, right. but, but, you know, really, no, it, it was, it was me, Yeah. you know, I wasn't driven out, I, I walked out, right, you know. What, what keeps you from walking out permanently? Um, you know, I, I think I could walk away from a particular parish permanently. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think I could ever walk away from God, you know, and Christ permanently. Um, you know, and, and it's not that I've never had, you know, a crisis of, of um, you know, how can there be evil in the world, you know, with a loving God. You know, I mean, right. all, you know, everybody goes through that. Sure. You know, and, and um, you know, and, and at some point... Um, it, no matter who you are, no matter what your philosophy is, we're all dealing with the same set of data. Yeah. You know, we yeah. have a screwed up world. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, right. there is no getting around it unless you're one of those people on Facebook who says, you know, um, you know, hallelujah, type amen and, sh and share. <laughs> amen know? and share. <laughs> you know, and you know, there there's some people that can, you know, that can be the bee and you know, and uh, yeah, you know, and actually. You know, fly to fake flowers. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, I mean, it's yeah. you know, it's kind of how I look at that. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. And uh, but but um, you know, it's not that I'm incapable of seeing the good in the world, but the world really is a screwed up place. And so, you know, 
and how you frame that and how you deal with it and how you make sense of that is yeah. you know is is really kind of you know an individual deal. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know how somebody can look at the world and just um, and just say it's all rosy and, and, and all good. Yeah. Um, but even if you attribute it to a malevolent deity or or to mechanistic determinism or whatever, you know, yeah. it's still going to be there. Yeah. You know, no matter what your philosophy is about it, yeah. you know, you're still going to have a flat tire when you walk out the door. Yeah. Or your battery's going to be dead, or your mom's going to die, or you know, yeah. your kids are going to, you know, get, you know, whatever, um, you know. Uh, yeah. So yeah, the world's going to be what it is, no matter what your philosophy about it is. And so, you know, for me, Christianity is just like, um, intellectually, it just makes as much sense and probably more sense to me than any other way that you can somehow rationalize or or frame why the world is the way it is and how do we, you know, process that and, and right. you know, and live with it, right. you know, without going freaking crazy.
Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Brews, Beards, and Shipwrecks. I'm your host, Chun Jay from Royal Ruckus. Check us out at Royal Ruckus or at Royal Ruckus Official online. Uh, we are going to split this interview in half. My time with Steve Robinson was pretty great. He's been very influential in my life. And we ran this out online as a ask me anything for Steve. And we got so many questions. We didn't ask a lot of those questions directly. In fact, he answered most of them on his own. But it was kind of funny. He had, you know, he had a little insight into some of the questions before they actually came up. He saw many of them ahead of time, so he kind of knew what to talk about. So this has been real fun. Steve is usually found at ancientfaith.com. His podcast is called Steve the Builder. He also did a podcast, which used to be a radio show and turned into a podcast, uh, called Our Life in Christ. That was really helpful for me. This is not an Orthodox podcast, but I am Chun Jay, and I am Orthodox. So, uh, sometimes my faith comes out, and a lot of the people I know are definitely Orthodox. So, uh, sorry, cookbook. It's not a... I don't know what the docs I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't really know what to say. Um, <laughs> hey, if you have any ideas for what we should be doing with this podcast, if you have anybody you'd like me to interview, let me know. Uh, I'd be totally down to have someone else on here. I'd love to even trade interviews with someone. If there's a podcast you enjoy listening to that you think that I might have something to offer on there, uh, let me know. And if there's anybody you think should be on here, let me know. Uh, please give this podcast a five-star rating on iTunes or whatever your current platform is. Appreciate you listening in, and next week we will run part two, which is about another hour, hour and 15, something like that, and we get into some more juicy stuff. Thanks for listening. Uh, you can recommend this to your friends at brewsbeards.com. And, of course, always check out summerofthecicadas.com and all the, the other things the Royal Records is doing. Cheers.